Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Maria Friedman, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Now she's a legend of the stage that's one of the finest to ever tread the boards. As a full-time Olivier Award winner with nine nominations to her name, she's no stranger to great accolades and great roles, having originated and performed as some of the finest characters and in some of the finest shows around, including Fiddler on the Roof, Ragtime, Chicago, Passion, Sunday in the Park with George, Merrily We Roll Along, The King and I, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Blues in the Night, Lady in the Dark, Stepping Out, High Society, Sweeney Todd, The Woman in White, By Special Arrangement, The Sound of Music, EastEnders and many, many more, some of which she also directed. Here, in an exclusive conversation, it's time to discuss it all, including singing for Liza Minnelli in her private home, working alongside Barbara Streisand and Aretha Franklin, texting and emailing with legendary composer Stephen Sondheim, how her Olivier Awards have, or perhaps surprisingly haven't, changed her life, how an impulsive urge to sing live during the height of the global pandemic helped launch her immersive theatrical company, Doorstep Productions, how her famous Words, Words, Words song from the Witches of Eastwick came to be, including a rather amusing story of flying problems during her time in the show, and why her personal connection to the show Ragtime includes her sister, one phenomenal song, and a special little one that ended up at her home. It's a truly remarkable tale. So let's dive in with this, the season finale, with the icon herself. It's Maria Friedman on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To meet with current restrictions and to stop the possible spread of COVID-19, Maria and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this next episode of Eleven. It's Maria Friedman. Hi, Maria. Hello there. Hi, William. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. It's As I say, it's a real pleasure and an honour to get the opportunity to talk to you. And to firstly, on behalf of a significant amount of people, say thank you. Thank you so much for using your initiative and your love of the arts to keep theatre going and to make sure that we don't forget how vitally important it is. 
And this is through an incredibly exciting new project that you've had national news talk about. It's really had such a great response. And so I'd love to talk to you today all about it. So it's called Doorstep Productions. So I guess let's start at the beginning. Talk me through, I guess, where did the idea come from? Well, it was around Christmas time. Um, and as we know, theatres got uh, shut down overnight. Um, and we were really pining um sort of well singing everyone I knew had sort of been um, forced into doing some some sort of part-time jobs or any job they could get their hands on I knew a lot of my friends actually lost their homes they um, you know one one day they had uh, they were playing a lead in the West End which takes years and years to achieve you know starting training from when you're three probably if you're going to be a dancer and and a little bit older if you're going to be a, a singer or a an actor and so literally overnight from making a decent living people who had got mortgages and got houses and you know if you were a managing director of a, a company you don't suddenly go down to minimum wage overnight so people really were suddenly unable to pay their bills their mortgages, they, you know, people with children find it really, really hard to, to actually just function and lots of people lost their houses. So anyway, so we, as this family, a family with um, two uh, children and my husband, all of us, we were literally overnight unemployed. My husband started working for a well-known um, supermarket driving um, uh, delivery um, things and anyway, one day he came back. He was so depressed. He'd um, he'd done so many deliveries. And that, by the way, hats off to anybody who does that job. It is tough. Um, the thing that nobody realizes, of course, that the majority of people who want um, food delivery live on the seventh floor without lifts. <laughs> so you can, you. I never had thought that before. I always just you know, thought you just sort of quietly opened a door and left some bags. No, he was he literally lost half a stone in the first week. So anyway, so as I say, literally um, hats off to the people who do that incredibly hard job. And this is another little question, nothing to do with theatre. Where do they go to the loo? Where do you stop your van? So anyway, so he came back in a not particularly happy mood that day. And he said, God, should we just go doing some carol singing or something just so that we can do the thing that we do well and make some people happy? We'll go around some hospices and some, you know, whatever, find some places where we can do it because we can do that COVID safe. We can stand, you know, apart and sing outside as people do. And um, so a man called Jonathan Lippman, who um, runs Angels, uh, which is a, a costume uh, place that literally supplies all the films, all the theatres, everything. It's an incredible place. Said, so let's go, we made us all Dickensian. Um, if you can imagine something literally coming out of beautiful clothes with lanterns and bonnets and everything. There were four of us. And um, off we went carol singing. And we suddenly realised that we were singing, making people happy, and we were COVID safe, socially distancing. Um, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. If we can do carols, we can do anything. So I went straight to Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, uh, company, um, really useful group, and camera, I phoned Cameron Macintosh. And um, lucky I'm old enough that all these people now are part of my, uh, you know, I actually can, I, I can get to them. So, and they all said, and Sonia Freeman all said, this is an incredible idea because all the theatres are shut, all the costumes are there, all the actors are there. Why don't you... Um, we totally endorse it and um, really useful group built our website 
to Winters, famous marketing people. They started advertising for us. And before we knew it, we had um, uh, an address book of all these top actors, the person who'd played Christine, the person who'd played Phantom, the person who'd played um, uh, as it shut, all the Le Mis people as, as the show shut. We had all these people unemployed and we just phoned them up, said, are you into this? We put um, a man called Fizz with Paul, put all the music together. We got the proper orchestrations from the original shows, the costumes, the props. And we all came to my house and we rehearsed, um, we put together different little shows. We had, we did a Le Miserable packet. We did a package. We did a phantom. We did a pop. We did a mix and match. We So you could sort of say, Oh, I, I really want to see Poppins and I want to have phantom and I want to have the dream girls. And we suddenly, we realized we will, we were able to give people their favorite musicals literally on their doorstep. Um, and it kicked off and we had over a, a period of a few days, over 2,000 calls. Over, that's how many people wanted it. And we couldn't get them all because we didn't, A, we didn't have enough people answering the phone. We were absolutely going ballistic here. It's all done in my house. Everyone, people like picking up the phones, doorstep productions, doors, and they were getting, they were getting like, you know, all these leads of the West End on the phone, being these receptionists. Anyway, um, to cut a long story short, off we went all over, all over the country. Um, and uh, actors suddenly were able to pay their bills again. It's um, a not-for-profit company, so everybody from the costume person and the wig person and the people answering the phones, uh, everybody gets a little slice of the the fee. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that we were, when we did our first monthly wage check, uh, to every, paid paycheck to everybody, we, we felt so happy that we were able to help some people and above all can you imagine opening the door to your favorite people just standing there inches away and you've actually been part of the making of that show in what did you say not inches away away, says my husband in the back that's not covid safe feet away (laughs) (laughs) meters meters <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, meters away. Two meters ish. What, what, whatever the rule is at the whatever time. The I think. Rule, well, we always go. We literally go with our little kind of our, our t- measuring tape, and we separate each other. And every we never ever go near anyone. So <laughs> that really made me laugh. He's like, "Oh, you, you fool, Maria." <laughs> and it's such a genius idea. I mean. Do you remember the sort of the eureka moment? Do you remember when you went, I cannot believe this has taken us so long to get here. This is such a good idea. Do you sort of remember when the penny dropped? I do. Absolutely. It was um, It was just one of those moments. It was sitting here in our sitting room. I suddenly said, let's do this. And I went, picked up the phone immediately to Jessica, who who runs Really Useful Group, and said, can I come? And she said, this sounds amazing. Come in tomorrow morning. So it literally over tw- 24 hours, it just went bang. It took a good three weeks of massive input uh, to get our first show up, though. And the, what, do you know what was so beautiful about it? So Jazz from Dean Street Recording Studios, she let us, gave us that for free so we could do our, our promo um, uh, demos. Um, and the voiceovers. So, she, so you know, again, without all these people, Jerwood space, they gave us rehearsal room spaces. Uh, ev- everybody we asked just said, 
we're doing this. What, what, what was so beautiful about it, um, and I'm not doing like, you know, na da no little violins going off here, but because um, I know that, pe- you know, people were all in, in terrible um, situations, but to have people who are normally competitors all coming together. So the PR people, um, Amanda Molpass, she incredible, you know, that just normally they'd be, uh, you know, people would be like, I need this job or I need this job or I want this job. Everybody just who are normally competitive just all came together to help us. Um, PropWorks, Lizzie from PropWorks, this incredible woman who does all the stuff around every show you've ever seen and you see all the stuff that dresses everything. She came in, helped us, made it. And the day of the actual making the promote the, the, the promotion video, I don't know if you've seen it, William, um, if you go to doorstepproductions.com, there's, uh, to imagine our streets when walking down the street was all these iconic leading people and film crew and everything. <laughs> first day of lockdown and um we'd actually got permission from um i i never do anything unless it's legal uh, because otherwise the company would shut down but we'd actually got you know a special dispensation because we were filming to be allowed to do it and it was just amazing all the neighbors all the neighbors out on the street and out the window what happens when we do our shows somebody will book it and then they'll just alert their neighbors and out we come with lighting and sound systems and everything and before you know it all the people are hanging out their windows and on the streets and whole streets have booked us they've all got together and they all came to their gates and opened their champagne on one two three pop and then we started the music and surprises for people people I mean really really moving things where it was quite I mean yes we were sobbing basically one woman booked us who um her her mum was we didn't she didn't know whether she'd make it through Christmas um and so she put together all her favorite she was a musical like complete crazy fan all through her life and so starting from Oklahoma and Chicago and um uh, some South Pacific and then she loved Six and she loved Hamilton and she loved all these extraordinary things and she kind of gave us a list and we put together some really brilliant performers to go and learn and learn the material um, and once we'd learned it we went down to Birmingham and she was in her bedroom and we were outside her window they opened the windows and they propped her bed up so that it was at an angle so she could see out of the window and she had her grandchildren with her, all her children, and everybody was singing all the songs with us and everybody just crying their eyes out. And um, to, to have the privilege of that, to do that for somebody, I can't, you know, never before, I, and I'm not just saying this, I've had the most wonderful, wondrous career that I have loved, but I swear Doorstep Productions is the highlight of my entire career because people, wanted us so much we're so used to doing corporate stuff you know where people are spoilt Londoners are spot we've been we have everything we have everything we want whenever we want and suddenly there was nothing and people who didn't necessarily have much money would club together they'd do crowdfunding sometimes to be able to afford us they'd go to their neighbors or their parents would buy it for a Christmas present or a birthday present So when we arrived at every single house or street or square or hospice, which we did many of, um, 
through generous donors who would come and buy us for four or five different, you know, they'd say, will you come down to the Wirral and do two children's hospices? And we'd all go down and they would pay for it. And we would do, you know, suddenly all the kids would have Mary Poppins with them. And they really believed she was Mary Poppins. And uh, Bert would suddenly, you know, and dancing and singing. You can't imagine what it's like for us to see into the eyes of the people and know what a difference we were making, not forever, but for that moment, we were bringing pure magic and pure joy. And um, and it really, it's been, yeah, it's been remarkable from something that was so painful for us all. It's become, you know, a, a great joy. And don't we need this mental health wise? I need to move to this street that you live on. It sounds like the best in the world. It sounds like <laughs> literally just constant fun. I mean, you could, you could hire that out. One of the really great ones was uh, right at the beginning, we did one in Hampstead and he had invited all his neighbours. He dressed up three houses in Hampstead with all these twinkly lights and all the trees. He'd done all the trees. Uh, people go mad. We also liked the houses if you want. You know, we come along. So we did Le Mis flags all over um, the colours of uh, all over the, the the white houses, but um, it was pouring with rain. Not just raining, pouring with rain. And um, we go without umbrellas because we go right. That's twenty minutes. We'll do it. We'll be wet, but it's better than um, not giving the full works. And we noticed that there were at least a hundred people in different houses and streets, socially distanced. Everybody, and to begin with, they all had umbrellas. And we realized that by the halfway through, they'd all taken their umbrellas down. They were so entranced um, by the performers. And remember, they're not just any old performers. They are the very, very top of what they do. Um, And so those voices banging out on the street. And I just looked around and everyone was soaking wet. Everybody didn't have an umbrella up. They were just still little kids looking up. Uh, they'll never forget it. It was raining and so we light everything. So the, the rain was like sparkling. It was like, it was like a piece of magic. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I, as you can see, I am, I'm so passionate about doing it and what it's done for us and for audiences. Lame is in the rain. I don't think we should talk about that too much. We're going to start giving Camera Macintosh ideas. And I feel like that. <laughs> is this something that you're going to continue with for the foreseeable future until we do yes. get the, the lights up and running in the West End? Yes, William, we are. Because we realised from the people we've been going to see, so many of them actually, uh, obviously there's a lot of people who have been um, socially distancing, um, self-isolating, um, this has been apparent because of the pandemic and people have obviously bought these for presents. But the reality is we've been all over the country. Not everyone can get up to the West End and we can give them a slice of it at their doorstep. We can't give them the whole thing. We can go in their gardens. We can, and we will continue to make it an outdoor experience, but we'll be able to do weddings and we'll be able to do, we'll be able to do, you know, corporate, we'll be able to do everything because the reality is we've now got a core team we're all, you know, rehearsed up and costumed up and we can do this forever and we can go anywhere anyone wants us with enough notice. Are there any sort of roles in there or roles that you perhaps wanted to play that you didn't get the opportunity to that 
are in there that featured or are there any ones perhaps that we've seen you in the you know, sort of signature mirror well, Friedman roles? Uh, well, yeah, I did. Um, I've, I've done all the material from Sunset Boulevard in various concerts, but I got, <laughs> I got to um, do uh, Norma Desmond. Uh, yes, it's dressed up. They insisted. It's very interesting that you mentioned Sunset Boulevard because when I'm doing one of these interviews, I have lots of knowledge about the people that I choose to interview, but I always like to see what other people are saying about them. And I came across a comment that I wanted to read to you about um, a performance that you did of Sunset Boulevard for Andrew Lloyd Webber that made me laugh so much. And I thought I'd share it with you and hope that it does the same with you. The comment says, I would strap up every up and coming singer in a chair and make them watch this to see how it should be done oh, oh that's the nicest thing i've ever heard it, i and i was like i've got to read that to her i think it's wonderful and it was and it's so true i mean this person is obviously just brimming with love for you and they just couldn't keep it in oh i can't tell you you know i it's so hard when you're a performer and you're at home and you've got you know just sometimes i just feel like sort of a this sort of housewife who's going around there's nothing wrong with that let me just say if there's you know um but 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 just sort of I I know how fortunate I've been like I, I'm going off to direct merrily we roll along in Japan where all the theatres are open and they are they're running at full capacity and um so I will be there and I'm doing all the, all the kind of pre-prep stuff on Zoom at the moment, which everybody else is doing. And we're doing sort of um, rehearsals on script and translation. And of course, for me, the minute I start getting into work, I feel whole again that I'm creating, I'm, you know, doing something with my brain. And um, I, the only, uh, the other thing is part of me has become quite agoraphobic. I don't know about all you lot, you know, I make myself go up because I've got a dog every day for walks. And today the sun was shining. I was like, oh, I know that if I'm not working, if I'm not singing, if I'm not acting, if I'm not planning, if I'm not directing, if I'm not writing, I, I survive and I'm, you know, happy ish. I mean, I feel happy, but then I work and I know I'm happy. You know, I just know that, that, you know, that's 40 years of my life. And I, um, I don't, I, I'm odd. I don't even know I'm missing it until I'm doing it. And then I go, ah, oh, that's the bit I put away. So I don't have to look at it. That's the bit of me that's, that's locked away somewhere that is, you know, still there comes out and I, I wasn't match fit at the beginning of this sort of directing in Japan. I was stumbling for words and and just sort of bringing back that creative muscle had just sort of gone to sleep. I tell you also, um, I've never seen more wonderful films and Netflix and everything. I mean, I the to indulge with my family and sit on the sofa, um, we wait until we've had our supper and then we choose what we're going to to watch and oh I you know we never watch tv during the day it's a complete ban in this you know we should be doing something productive for or something but then that point where you sit down in the evening and and watch some of the great stuff that's been put out you know again it's entertainment isn't it absolutely and and a couple of days ago, I had the the honour of my lifetime of getting the opportunity to record one of these episodes with Alan Menken. And I said to him <laughs> about the power of the arts and the fact that even if you 
don't go to the theatre, you don't appreciate the theatre, you have no interest in it, that's absolutely fine. But you can't take away from the importance of the fact that theatre is part of the arts bubble and just how vitally important and how much of a lifeline cast albums, music, Netflix, mm. television mm. has been. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, to, to always try and find a positive in something so terrible that that is going to continue after the pandemic. Well, you're talking about that is the honour. Like, literally, I've got a couple of the composers that I still want to work with and Alan Menken, oh my God. Because I've been so lucky. You know, I've, I've worked with a lot of living and sadly passed away now, but, you know, um, uh, you know, from Michelle Legrand and Marvin Hamlish and Stephen Sondheim, obviously, and Andrew, and, and it goes, you know, wonderful lyricists that are, and Alan Menken at Randy Newman, and I'm you know, going through all the ones that I've sort of sat down and thought, you know, Burt Bacharach and Alan Menken are, you know, two people that I would have, absolutely loved to work with um on a new on a, some new material i mean alan menken my god the tunes he did confirm to me he's working on at the moment approximately nine projects so you never know i was like how i does- know i know a few people who are working on them and it's not me <laughs> <laughs> well here's here's the uh, first plea to alan menken when he listens to yeah. this please maria is sort of standing in the wings waiting so yeah. we need to make that happen when you have a professional relationship with some of the greats and the icons and you get to work with them in theaters as a director as a performer do you then get the luxury to have that transposed digitally in this time? I know you mentioned Merrily just a second ago. How, do you Zoom with Stephen Sondheim? Is that a thing? Well, we, we text and email. Uh, which is cool. Which is cool. I, I don't because I'm not collaborating with him work-wise. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd be really happy to do it. But I, I, um, I do so much Zooming professionally. Yes, I do is the answer, um, but not with Steve. Um, but I do so much Zooming professionally that I don't do very much of it socially, I okay. must say. Um, it, it, I, I find after a day on the Zoom, don't you find it quite exhausting? I just Zoom? find it really hard to not stare at myself and, and critique every single part of my being. It's become a real problem. It's like... When you're so handsome, I haven't got my face on here at all. So that's cool. I can't see myself. You always look glamorous. I mean, we go back to that, <laughs> and, that Andrew Lloyd Webber comment and someone saying how much they love you. I mean, it's literally like the music coming out and you come out in full sort of diva mode. And it's like, there we go. That's <laughs> She's giving the gays and the girls exactly what they want. <laughs> I hope so. I've been, listen, I've got better as I got older. I, I had one dress because when when you first start doing concerts, which I, I've, I've done luckily uh, a, a lot all over the world, um, people say, oh, you, you can't wear that dress again. I was like, well, then I will not get paid for this concert. So basically I had this one black dress and I'm sure a few of you out there who know me will say, you know that dress, that dress could have done the show itself. I literally (laughs) wore it for years and years. It became my uniform. And I used to actually say to people, listen, I I don't need to know anything. That dress knows everything I do. (laughs) It can go and do it itself. Um, And then then as I got so many criticisms from people going, please change your dress please. And then I started because I, 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 you know, much as we love to do it for love, we also have to eat. And, you know, yeah, so it's important. I would always, I would always think, well, give, give, give my best from my heart. 
and they'll just have to get over the dress. But now, as I haven't had a little bit more um, uh, more to play with, I, I have bought some pretty amazing dresses over the last few years, I must say. But also as well, like recycling stuff is good. It's good for the environment. Like, you know, there's a practical side to it as well. So I think the haters need to just back up a little bit. Like, Yeah, you know, William, William, that's exactly <laughs> why I did it. It was absolutely for the environment. That's my new line now. Thank you for giving it to me. <laughs> I'm also a terrible liar. So the fact that that sounded somewhere sort of remotely truthful is a credit to maybe my <laughs> acting skills that I didn't even know I had. So I'm going <laughs> to go with that. One thing that I wanted to talk to you about was your Olivier wins, because mm-hmm. it, I always feel like, for example, I was talking to um, to Stephen Schwartz and he was like, please stop talking about my Olivier wins. But And I said like one thing and he was like, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. So I know some people get very embarrassed talking about it, but when you have awards and you have accolades and you have a record number of nominations and you get... By the way, Stephen Schwartz is another person I work with. So yeah, I love him. You've got so many amazing... I mean, you have a ridiculous career. I mean, it's expected, but you have so many showbiz friends. I feel like I need to start naming people and you could be like, yep, yeah, I've worked with them or, you know, it's, it's very impressive. It's either I've had a great career or I'm very old you can choose which one it is let's go with the let's go with the first one I'm it's not in for, or, yeah. or you'll yeah. be, you'll hang up the zoom so please please don't do that <laughs> but when you have and are known for specific roles and you get accolades like Olivier Awards mm. does it make your job easier or harder to then try new things and then obviously then when you're still in that show that you've won an award for deliver a product that someone thinks oh yeah I understand why she got it I guess how do you approach it all good questions. Uh, yes, it helps your career. There's no question about it. Um, much more so in America than it does over here. Over here, um, we don't really do the star system. We do workers who get respect um, over there. You know, I suppose if I was over there, a lot of us would, you know, like Bernadette Peters and Patti Lapone and all those people, they, they are literally goddesses over there. Um, and when I go over to New York, I'm treated in a way that I am not used to at all. Um, That people, it matters to them. The community of Broadway matters to them. Over here, I don't, I think it probably helps you negotiate probably a bit of a bigger salary. Um, I think it helps for the PR company to to get some good publicity. I think in terms of what it's done to me as a human being, um, nothing uh, except uh, because I still always wanted to try new things. Um, my boredom threshold is has been a great friend of mine because it's low and it means I have to keep on looking for new, interesting, exciting things to do. Um, I've always been a risk taker. I think anybody in this profession has to be because we never really know what's around the corner. Um, and I, I think the more you do this job, probably the better you get because, yeah, yeah just the practicing of it, really. Um, and yes, I, I mean, I'm, I've let myself be very proud of them latterly. To begin with, I probably, I, I mean, I don't, don't put them around and, show off about them <laughs> but I think some, sometimes um, when somebody mentions it I think that's quite nice and also you do know it's the role and not the actor You've, if, if there's a great kind of air of tragedy you know you know once you're in that rehearsal that you're in you've got a chance because mm. of the role. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One role that you played, and I'm always nervous about saying this because mm-hmm. it's all about creative interpretation and people say, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I think. But if I was to sort of write down the show and specifically the song that I think is my all-time musical theatre favorite you know most beloved the song that i would say is my all-time sort of great would be back to before from ragtime which is a mm-hmm. song and a show that i know you know very well you received great accolades for that and mm-hmm. your performance in with that song actually sort of became synonymous with you people love to hear you sing it and it's such a wonderful song and i just wondered from somebody that's had great success singing that song and playing that role mm-hmm. what's it like getting to sort of take her on because i think mm-hmm. i think she's a very complex but also very beautiful character and i think that's oh, why i, I connect it. with her she's one of my absolute favorites and terex mcnally who passed away from covid who wrote um ragtime along yeah. with my composing friends and and, and lyrics uh, 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 we just stayed at Terence McNally's house literally sort of nine months before he passed away. Um, he was a great, great friend. I love him so much. I miss him hugely. What it was like uh, was joy from beginning to the end. I played it. Interestingly, I got offered the role probably 20 years before um, when they were going to bring the American production over. I got that part and I was at the airport ready to go over to meet all the kind of creative cast over there um, when it got cancelled because uh, I won't mention his name, but he got arrested for embezzlement. So I was waiting to play that role um, and it was literally I had to come home and there was no role. Um, So when we were going to do a concert of it, it was just a concert. That's all we were going to do. Um, and again, the, 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 all the creative team came over. As I started to explore this wonderful woman, um, I I just knew it was a, it fitted like a glove. It was everything. It was very funny because at the time I had um, uh, um, an au pair girl from Hungary, and she had become pregnant. Um, and had her baby with us while she was here. And so I was bringing up um, a beautiful little mixed race boy. And the father was gone in and she was Hungarian. And then she had a second child and we also, same same father, um, but, but she lived with us with her two children. So instead of her being an au pair for my two children, I suddenly had four children. And it was so funny because we put Max in the show. He was that little boy who, uh, and in the, in the rehearsals, nobody knew this story, but somebody said, yes, but who would actually do that? You know, find a, find a child and then just bring them into her home. And I said, me? <laughs> because, you know, um, little Nora was going to go back to Hungary. And I said, no, you mustn't do that. You must stay with us. And we'll, we'll and they stayed for, for years. And then finally... She, she went back to Hungary, but it was so funny. So that piece meant so much to me because not only did we have a beautiful 
um, a beautiful surprise family that we 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 had in, but we also put him in the show. So when I go, when I there's a bit where he runs across the stage, and that was it was my little Max. Um, so that's a personal story that I don't think I've ever told anyone before. But anyway, there we are. Apart from the um, the the cast, but also the, when you get a song like that, the way the and the and the costumes and the story and the heart and the battle and the struggle and the love and the warmth and the um, the pushing outside of what's comfortable that everybody had to do and the loss and the prejudice and the oh it just it the the the, the content of that that show and the way it brought music to to bring those points home but with such love and joy and um it it, it didn't ever feel like an angry angry bitter show it felt like a show that showed that loving is the way forward empathy is the way forward understanding is the way forward not i mean obviously sometimes people have to battle but it didn't feel like it was a show full of battles it felt like yeah. battles won by love and it's interesting how of course disappointing it was the first time that you didn't get the opportunity to play it but it sort of was meant to be when it was meant to be because of the personal connection like it's yes. it, it was always meant to be in a way it was always meant to be yeah because it started off as a concert and there i go rambling away and not finish my point it started off at a concert and we went off to do it in wales um, and then my beautiful sister, who wasn't as uh, as successful then as she is now, Sonia Freeman Productions, she came up to see it. She flew up because I phoned her up from my dressing room. I said, don't miss this song. Don't miss it. It is such a joy. You know, I never, never expecting her to, uh, to say, look, let's do it. I just said, you, you're, you're just going to. You're going to want. You're going to want to sit, see this, and um, I had my own child at that time, who was only ten weeks old. So I had him as well um, with me, and um, uh, up she flew, and she was sitting on the stairwell, sobbing at the end of um, Act One, and she just said, "I've got to do this. I've got to do this," and she did, and she put it on. We did it in the Piccadilly, and then sadly, much more sadly, we um, the Iraq War happened. Um, the, the first, and it was on my birthday, March the 19th. And um, it knocked us off. All, we didn't get any reviews. We couldn't get any reviews because of that. Um, all the, you know, nobody, we just couldn't get any publicity. Um, we got great reviews, sorry. We got no, we couldn't get any. And it was a tiny budget and we couldn't really, we were relying on on it being sort of word of mouth and people um, putting stuff in print. And we couldn't do that because we got knocked off the papers. So it was sad and it did win everything. It won all these wonderful awards, but we'd already come off. I love that you refer to your sister as Sonia Friedman Productions. I like, I like <laughs> that. that's, that's amazing. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. She's a lovely lady. I've had the pleasure of interviewing her and you are a formidable team. So I can only imagine how just remarkable that would have been to see these you two doing it together and, and the collaboration there. Have you ever discussed doing it again or the possibility of you potentially doing that role again? Or do you I'm think- I'm too you old for it now. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's horrible to to um, to have to accept that. Yeah, I am too old for it. Uh, but, you know, there aren't that many great roles for us older ladies, I've, us older women. I mean, there are some um, and I'm sure I'll get to do them, God willing. Um, health-wise willing, luck willing, 
Um, uh, yeah, I've still got lot, lots, lots to do, lots of roles to do. God knows what they are. What's delicious is you don't know. Suddenly the phone rings and there, there is one. Exactly. Um, yeah, I do get offered things, but it's, I, I, to do eight shows a week, it's got to be something I really want to do. There are so many different roles and productions that you've played that we would literally be here for about two days going through them all. Of course, The Fiddler on the Roof, which you did most recently. Of course, Joseph as well, which became an iconic signature mm. show for you. But one that I would just love to touch on very quickly is The Witches of Eastwick. Um, this sort of feels very strange getting the opportunity to talk to you because it was the first show that I ever did back home when I was literally, I think I was about 14 or 15, with Amateur Dramatics. It was the first show that I ever did and it made me fall in love with theatre. It's the reason oh, why that. 17, 18 years later, I've, I've had an incredible career and I'm very lucky to do that. And it's why I think I'm sat here today. And I'd just love to, to hear from you about what it was like getting to be in that show because she's a fantastic fantastic part and also yeah. really fun like so much fun really fun really fun actually working with john dempsey at the moment who's the um lyricist uh john and dana they've written a piece which i can't really talk about that they asked me to play the lead in it so we've been um doing some demos for all that doing new stuff is a privilege and we would invent every day like um, the patter song, I'm sure they don't mind me saying, the patter song was a dance number before. So um, words, words, words. I had to do this kind of crazy dance that got more and more and more. And I said to them when we were quite close to previewing, I said, this isn't working because it's the, it's the rule of three. We know the first witch does something and then gets better. We know the second witch does something, girl does something and then gets better. And then the third one, which was me, you know what it's going to be. You know it's going to be this and then it's going to get better. And it's it, the inevitability of it meant that it really was almost impossible. I would have had to spin into a kind of, you know, ice rink or something to actually make, make the um, impact that I needed. So I said, let's go back to character. And what is the thing that Suki can't do? It's, it's she's quite bad at communication. Yeah. Um, and so why don't we find a way of words just spilling out of her? Um, and I phoned up Cameron that evening. Then I phoned up John and, um, and Dana and they all went, let's try. So then literally 24 hours later, they came in with words, words, words. And I had about two days to learn it before we went into preview. And I thought, what have I done? Because I was just up 24 hours a day, just trying to learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it. Um, but of course, it, 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 it worked. I mean, I didn't write the song, but I came up with the idea. And that's what's so delicious about when you're working with new people, is when you're really collaborating and you kind of have that um, instinct as an actor, something's not quite right you know if you're it, it, it's all there for the it's all there for the collaboration and I do that very much as a director you know that if you've got great actors in the room they it's it's together that you you find your way through pieces yep. so it was brilliant and then flying was one of the funniest things in the world because of course my my flight was like a sack of potatoes they all just took off up, up through the uh, Drury Lane. And because she wasn't particularly erudite or smart or clever, I said, well, why, why doesn't she find it? Let's let her find it really hard to fly. So <laughs> I just watched them sail away. And again, I was thinking, 
oh, why did I come up with that idea? Now I'm just sitting here like a big fat sack of potatoes. But then, of course, we did, and we got stuck. I got stuck so many times. I mean, there was an interval where I was just hovering above all the people getting their ice creams while they winched me up. You know, there were many hilarious um, memories of, of, of that show. And, yeah, I, I think being in Drury Lane, amazing 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 i'm so glad you have such fond memories of it i always have this horrible fear that something that means so much to me is almost hated by the other person they're always like mm, yeah it's not it was it was tough or it was difficult because it was a new piece but the fact that there was so much fun and pleasure and joy makes me like it more is that is that a strange thing to say yeah, no 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 absolutely and 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 to know that and i'm not just i do sound like one of these people oh, and my dear my dear friends john and dana but actually the coincidence is that i am actually working with them right now so um yeah it was a, a collaboration and a friendship that has lasted what is it 20 years i don't know is it more than that i don't know how long ago was it i think it's i think it's just over i think it's like i think is it 20 one or 22 I think it's just yeah, over 20 I, I years. Know, I'm very bad at dates yeah yeah it's a long time ago anyway yeah. I mean you, you said you had two days to learn the song at least yeah. the good thing is that there's not a lot of lyrics in that new song is there so <laughs> Jeez. I mean come on <laughs> I would love the opportunity to get to see a full-scale professional production of it yeah me and... too I'll do another story about that words 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 is um it always used to bring the house down and then it stopped bringing the house down and I was like oh something's going on because, you know, I was trying to go faster and faster and faster. And I actually did phone Steve and I said, Stephen Sondheim, I said, what is, I just don't understand what's happening. You know, one day it was like, literally I'd finish and everybody was cheering. He said, um, he said, take it slower, not faster, because the orchestration um, is doubling every time. So dum, dum. That gives the pulse that really is allowing everybody to get excited. And if you go too fast, it makes people uncomfortable. It's not there's a there's a maximum point that you need to go. It's got to be fast, got to be really fast. But if it goes too fast, people get anxious and don't get thrilled. And there's that optimum point. So I just thought that's a it was a wonderful tip and I took the time down again and back it came. There are so many other roles like I mentioned that you've done and I'd love to get the opportunity to talk to you about them but just to say that if you ever dare to go into the world of YouTube not that I would ever recommend it because it's both good and bad there are comment upon comment upon comment and clips about how wonderful you were in Chicago I don't know if you've seen them but people no, just say no. I watch this every day and they love it. No. So. I have, I've never dared because I'm always sure that I'll be the person who goes, all right, today I need a bit of a stroke and it will be straight away what, well, you know, I hate that old bag. So I just, I don't dare. I don't dare. I just wanted to sort of end in a slightly indulgent moment just to ask you, I believe you met Liza Minnelli, is that right? Very much so. I went to her house. Yeah, she came to see my cabaret in New York and I couldn't believe it. I was sitting in my in my dressing room the next day and I got a phone call saying, would I like to come over she had a Friday night club with just people. I mean, Jeff Goldblum was there and all sorts of other people. We all sat around in her conservatory, around her piano. We drank drinks and we all had to sing. Can you imagine the terror of that? Um, and <laughs> we had to just choose something randomly. And she, of course, when it was the end, she got up and she sung 
Anyway, she fi- she finished the evening just to show us how it would be done, singing to us in a room, really small conservatory, just literally singing to us directly in front of us. And um, she was an extra, and all over her apartment were pictures of her mother and her father and her sisters and big photographs and framed um, portraits. Um, yeah, that was definitely, it was something else. It was something else. Michael Feinstein, um, uh, I mean, it was just, it was, it was amazing. It was I don't mind the Stephen Sondheim and the reference to Stephen Schwartz and Andrew Lloyd Webber, but I feel like you are showing off a little bit now with Liza Minnelli. I mean, she literally invited you up. to her house. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, because I, I saw this online and I was like, I have to ask you about that because I guess she's a legend as, to me as much as she is to you. And I, I'm, it's wonderful to hear that she was as amazing as I would hope. Well, do you know what was so extraordinary when she finished it, it showed us how it all should be done? You may, you know, I, I've seen her before on TV and films and, and, and on stage, but when you see, I've, I've actually been in concerts with her. By the way, I've also been in concerts with Barbara Streisand and Aretha yes. Franklin and people like that. Um, and when you're close up to those people and you see how it should be done, I mean, there is a reason why they are who they are. It's quite extraordinary. There's an extra level of energy and communication. When she stood and sung like that, I felt like somebody was literally physically pushing me against my seat uh, back. It, the energy and the power of her and the, her eyes and the way that she would just bore into your soul when she wanted you to. When, when she wanted you to feel something, you felt it. It was incredible. It was incredible and I'll never forget it. Yeah. That was the that was the Marvin Hamlish event, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing, yeah. just so so incredible. And you say that's why she is who she is, and that's why they are who they are. But that's how we feel about you. So it's such a pleasure to get the opportunity to talk to you today, and just the absolute best of luck with Doorstep Productions. It's such a wonderful idea. I, I sort of I keep saying I can't believe it's not been done already because it's such a genius thing, and I look forward to seeing more pictures and videos and just more thank celebration you. of theatre. So thank you so thank much. You. Great. And thank you all for listening. And thank you for anybody who's supported me over the years. It means everything to me. And um, I can never quite believe that people say those incredibly kind things about me. I'll have to tell my children all about it so they remember to respect me a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.